and welcome to Season Quiz Cosmos. My name's Lucy and I play Chef Hands. I'll be joining my friends Tom and Charlie and Troy as we adventure into space. There's a little bit of this episode where Troy sounds kind of weird. It's not super noticeable, but if it, but it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Warning you now. My apologies. His apologies. Our apologies. Um, also, there's a weird bit in the middle of this where one of the sessions ends and the next one begins. And it's just funnier if you hear enough of it where it doesn't sync together. It's a little bit weird, but it's funnier this way. Charlie tells a story. It's a really good story. It's a really, really Charlie story as well. Anywho, uh, enjoy the episode. <laughs> you all look around. You can see the space is flying past you. You're up in the cosmos and nothing inside the ship is like unusual apart from that one compartment that's flicked open and something kind of green and slimy is slowly making its way out of it but other than that everything <laughs> on board the ship seems completely normal I, um... I i go to start try to scoop the slime out with my ladle oh yeah yeah as, as your ladle touches it your ladle sizzles it doesn't melt but it sizzles as that gelatinous cube falls out of the compartment and lands in the middle of the ship. Combat! Um, oh my god, guys. Fuck. This is just like Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> Rucksack, in, in a state of panic. Oh, I, I, I guess it, it must have come with us from Finity. There's nothing like that in space. I've never... Oh, oh my! And he grips the controls and, like, ducks down and tries to, like, make himself as small and compact against the console as possible. Why would you pack that? <laughs> and I'm going to get everyone to roll... Initiative. That's right. I was trying to think of the word. I was like, instigation. No. Initiative rolls. I got 28. Because I rolled Damn. a natural 20. Damn. Damn. I got a 15. 17. Excellent. And the cube is at the bottom of the turn order, and Rucksack has managed to avoid the combat. Don't hit. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Me. How dare you. Spriggs gently. I genuinely don't think I can hit this cube, because I'm pretty sure gelatinous cubes... I'm immune to everything that I can do, but we'll find out. Um, I get a surprise round, right? Because I rolled a net 20. Is that how it works? Yeah, sure is. Or you, or I'll allow you to take advantage. Um, I'm going to get advantage anyways, because I'm a rogue. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to approach the cube. This is a bad idea. And provided it's just me and it within five feet of each other, which I'm guessing is the case. You, you, There's no yeah, one else sure. within five feet of him. I will get my advantage on that roll and my sneak attack if I hit. Um, which I think I hit. I got an 18. Yeah, it hit. So I get sneak attack. I also get 2d8 poison damage, 2d6 surprise attack damage. And uh, I will also use my divine smite. So... Says I won't be able to do anything against this cube. Right, I was. Goes, I, I thought it wasn't going to do it. anything. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can just because I don't think that I'll be able to do anything. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it's a matter of which of these damages is the cube immune of, immune to. Hmm. To start off with, I deal 33 uh, piercing damage with my rapier. Plus five, so 30, 38, but I'm pretty sure none of that does anything. And then I deal... Wow. Uh, 15 radiant damage with my divine smite. 
and then it will have to make a DC 14 con save or take nine poison damage. But I think it's immune to poison anyways. Uh, no, there, there's no resistances listed here where I'm looking. Yeah. How much damage is that, Tom? Uh, 53 damage. Damn. Uh, is that the end of your turn? No, I'll use my bonus action to disengage and get as far away from the cube as possible. Yeah, fair enough. Love rugs. Hey, chef, what you cooking? Um, I'm gonna... I pull off my, like, cast iron pan on my hip and I just go to smack at the cube. <laughs> I've got an extra attack, so I'll do two thwacks at it. And also, my pan is... Because, you know... I really care about the equipment I use as a chef, mm-hmm. so I have uh, something called flawless cookery, which means that my chef weapons, so like my pan and my knives and my ladle, yeah. um, count as magical items only for the purposes of overcoming resistance or immunity to non-magical attacks and damage. Okay. So I just go thwack thwack with my pan. Rough to hit. 16 and 21. Oh yeah, those both hit. Awesome. 16 damage. Damn. Yeah. Is that everything? Yes. I'm going to go with yes, that's everything. Merry December. All right. I, I say to the cube, you picked the wrong day to be a stowaway cube. And I cast Hex on it. Oh, yes. So that's going to give me some bonus damage. And I also get to choose an ability that it gets disadvantage on. So I'm going to pick any anything useful to you guys? Uh, no. Um, I'll just say it has disadvantage on strength checks. Okay. But then, yeah. Now I'm going to um, take out my crystal sphere and point it at the cube and blast two Eldritch Blasts. Well, damn. So the first one <laughs> is... Pretty fucking low. Let's say 10. Mm-hmm. And the second one is a 13. Yeah, those both hit. <laughs> okay, I can't miss. Well, okay, the first one was a 1, and I had plus 9. Does that still hit? It's up to you. It could be an auto miss. Ah. It's depending on the DM. I'll tell you what. You feel when you when, when you go to, you know, go go to attack... You feel a wealth of wild magic that's been collected upon you when you were out on the moon. And I'm going to get you to do a D100, and then I'll let you continue yeah. with your attacks. Okay, I got 54. Was that, that was, that's not the wolf one, is it? That would be very funny if you just got the same one. Like, there's 100 options, and you still get the same thing. Hey, Mary December, all yeah. of your hair permanently falls out. <sighs> Only a spell such as Remove Curse can end this effect. Well, bro, what the fuck? You make me bald on episode one. Happy birthday. Lose your hair. Hey, Charlie, don't be so negative. This is probably episode two. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, plus nine. Both of those hit. Yeah. Okay. So, 27 damage. Oh, yeah. that That'll do it. As you blast these Eldritch Blasts at the Gelatinous Cube and all of your facial and body and head of hair all just fall off of your body all at once. I flash like a skeleton for a second as that happens. Yeah. The Gelatinous Cube just 
explodes, but quickly starts yep. reforming itself into two smaller cubes. Mm, classic. Of course it would. Now the cubes turn to attack. Uh, they've both got disadvantage on their strength throws. Oh, nice. I can reach five feet to hit a creature, and I'm going to say, oh, Tom, you disengaged, didn't you? Yeah, I backed right out of there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to flip a dice to see which of the other two are closest. Odds or evens, Charlie or Lucy? Odds, tells never fails. Yeah, it's odds, so you're getting attacked. Um, the Wait. melee weapon <laughs> attack from the pseudopod. Sorry, let's, let's roll to hit. Uh, does a nine hit? No. Oh, no, sorry, nine, uh, 13 to hit. Oh, yes. <laughs> 3d6 acid damage. 12 damage. Okay. And then he's going to swing and attack Lucy. Uh, does an cool. eight hit? No, it doesn't. Cool, then you're safe, and it's Tom's turn. Easy. Concentration check, Charlie. Mm. True. Just helping Troy out here, because I know the spells off by heart, for sure. Thank you, yep. thank you. Uh, hex drops. Nice. I don't know why I did that, because it doesn't help me at all. Um, <laughs> I just like to follow the rules and be a good boy. Yeah. Do you think that I could stealth in here, Troy, or is there nowhere really to hide? It's kind of a small no, space, I'd right? I'd say, yeah, we established it's one room that you wouldn't be able to hide a conversation from the others. All right, I'll uh, I'll pull out my short bow, and I'll uh, sling an arrow and thwack it into... Which one's probably closer to me? We're going to call the one closer to you Gel Cube A. Okay, I'll go for Gel Cube and A. That's the one that will have attacked Lucy. And I got a 24. Oh yeah, that hits. Cool beans. Ideal. Seven damage. The gelatinous cube seems to like withdraw into itself, but bounces back. It takes the damage though. I do realize now, after that first round of being amazing, I'm kind of less amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I need to check every way I can sneak attack. I'm going to use my bonus action to have a little treat. I got treats in my bag, so I'm having a little treat. Oh, nice, having nice. a fireball truffle, which um, means if for the next minute I have an intense five-foot radius around me where if any creature ends its turn within the area, they have to make a con save. From um, now? If they fail, they'll, uh, on the end of their turn if, they end, okay. uh, if they're next to me. If they fail, they take some damage. If they succeed, they take half the damage. Okay. And then I'm going to go for, you know, a couple um, smacks with the cast iron. Yeah, I imagine the one that's closest to you. Yeah, as I enjoy this lovely, spicy little chocolate. A Mm. real treat, a delicacy. Just a good time. Yeah. Smack, smack. Uh, 23. Oh, yeah, that hits. And 11. Oh, that hits. Easy. 10 damage. In total? Yes. Excellent. And I stay right up by this cube. Oh, very nice. Mary, you've got the other cube next to you. Yeah. Where where are you, um, Spriggs? I, I'm, like, right up at the back of the ship. I'm as far away as I can okay. be. Sweet. So I say to Chef, I'm like, Oi, Chef, remember the tale that we heard on the moon. Don't lose that fighting spirit. And now for one minute, any creature that hits the target... Um, which is Chef, yeah. with a melee attack, takes force damage equal to a roll of your Bardic Inspiration die. Damn. Nice. Um, and then I'm going to, again, Eldritch Blast the 
motherfucker in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, 15. Hits. And much more. Yeah, that hits too. <laughs> and from my crystal ball, two beautiful blasts of necrotic energy, um, because my grave touch allows me to change it to necrotic damage, come forth. Ooh. And we have... That's 19 on the die, plus 5, plus 5, 29 damage to this, this motherfucker in front of me, this little cube. Very nice. Take that, you beastie. Bits of it boil away, and, like, it, it, it has clearly gotten smaller. And it's the gelatinous cube's turn. Gelatinous cube A, the one closest to Chef, is going to swing and attack with its pseudopod melee attack. 17 to hit. Yep, that does. Very nice. And then I'm going to do 3d6. That is 14 damage. Although, Ooh. Charlie... It takes 3 damage. Ooh. <laughs> How long was I missing that one constitution, by the way, Troy? Uh, it was 2 constitution, and it was 1 hour, so it would still be in effect. Cool, just checking. And number the, the B... Pseudopod is going to have a go, and it's going to just try and swing and attack Mary December. Does a nine hit? Nope. Well, then you're fine. Yay! Back to the top of the turn order. Um, does the um, one near me finish its turn? Oh, maybe? it does. It finishes its turn inside your uh, area, so I've got to roll a con save. Yes, please. Oh, I rolled a 19 plus five, so 24. That definitely passes, and then it's... Oh, half damage. Oh, that is five damage after I've halved it. Nice. Spriggs. Um, I just found out that as a rogue, I can get sneak attack whenever I am within five feet, whenever an ally is within five feet of the enemy I'm trying to hit. Oh, so, very like, nice. I will, I will uh, go up to the one that's attacking Chef, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, and I'm kinda, I kind of give Chef a little wink to keep distracting it, and I'm going give to give it a good old jab with the rapier right in its gelatinous behind that is kind of hard to tell because it's gelatinous but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a 21. Oh it's a hit? Yeah that hits. How good? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> I deal 24 damage to this cube. And this cube explodes into nothingness. It, all the little bits of ooze that are around it just kind of sink into the floor and dry up. You have destroyed the first gelatinous cube. Well, that was pretty disgusting. It's kind of super awful. Yeah, like it smells. Like there's a very distinctive smell, like a corrosive kind of burning and melting. I suppose you can cook with that, chef? Nope. Yeah, figured. And I move over to the other one. I give it a couple more whacks with the cast iron. Just trying to like batter, try to get this out of here. Yeah, fair enough. Yes. <laughs> with over, both of them over 20. Yeah, yeah, great. Cool. Um, and then an easy peasy 13 damage. Oh, and oh, you know what? It had 13 health left. Perfect. So with a smack with the pan, two smacks of the pan, the second oozing cube explodes oh, yeah. into nothingness. Yeah. And I tell the guys to keep away from me because I can't dismiss these like spells. Uh. So I'm just... I'm just very. I'm too hot to stand near at the second. Like, oh, 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 too yeah. hot to handle. Yeah. I um. I step away the uh, the distance needed to do so, 
and like five I, feet. I take out a little um, pocket mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Arr. I lost all me hair. Was that it's standing near me or a separate thing? It's all gone. My oh, beautiful buddy. locks. Arr. Must I'm have sorry. been the acid that burnt it off, eh? Oh. Yeah. So sorry, Charlie. I don't look good, do I? Not I be Captain Balding. You you suit it. You it's you look like um Vin Diesel. Oof. You're wearing a hat. Hmm. Which helps a lot. So you, you know. look like you look like Vin Diesel in a hat. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the unpowers of the undead powers of hell to keep me disguised next time I level up. <laughs> oh buddy. That's just something I noticed in that combat, mate. You um got some new tricks up your sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I, I carry Mary with me. Ominous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you aren't you Mary? Aye, my sister was too. They were the Marys. Crime uh, siblings, you know. That's pretty yeah. cool. I am so sorry to interrupt. My audition has not recorded the second half. (laughs) This is once again the one where just Troy sounds like shit. Start recording. Okay, I'm going to stop recording and we'll do a new session. I am so sorry. So you had your combat against the gelatinous cubes. Poor Mary December has realized that all of their hair has fallen out. The chef is smoking hot like an oven. And Spriggs gently managed to destroy one of those oozes and the compartment has closed above their heads. Nothing is out of the ordinary. Everything seems to be calming down. You two were discussing the two Marys situation, maybe. Yeah. I I want to climb into that compartment to see if there's anything else up there. Or was that a compartment just for storing a gelatinous cube? Ah, you can do that. I'll, give, I'll let you investigate that. I unhinge we mid conversation. Pull myself yeah. up. Yeah, and I look. I'm gonna throw it out there. She's not interested. Chef, chef hands is a lot like me. I get quite distracted, and I'll want to go do something else, even if I'm talking to people. Oh, I was great. Right. Yeah, I, that's really good for about, a podcast, Lucy. Telling you about my sister, and now you're climbing away. All right. I'm still listening, just from up here. And I oh, yeah. poke around. Lucy, I'll get you to roll, and boys, if you want to continue your chat about sister. No. Well, Spriggs, you know, you know all about her, pretty much. But uh, she yeah. she caught well, she caught an illness and passed away a few years ago. Yeah, caught. It was a mean and... conversation to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no clue why, Lucy. You didn't just wait. <laughs> and for the sake of the podcast so that people who are listening could have that one concise moment we have a conversation and then you could go check it out hey, immediately Tom, why after. are you in such a fucking foul mood with me today <laughs> just acting up got me acting up I got a 12 on my investigation <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't find anything else inside the compartment it seems like inside the compartment were just some uh, extra you know re- reusable bags so some old, some old, like it seems like that's where some fuel would have been kept, and it's all been cleared out, and it must have just been hiding behind one of the old canisters of fuel that was inside the ship. Rucksack, you didn't see, you didn't see anything when you were getting fuel from up here. N- no, I was, 
I, I, I grabbed all the ones from the front. I didn't really go looking further back there. I can see there's still some more fuel for another stop, but no, I, I didn't notice the, uh, the, the stowaway. Also, we have to thank you for all your hope in that combat. Well, I, I was maintaining the ship controls. I was making sure that the gravity wasn't going to suddenly change and change the course of battle and making sure we're still... I mean, look, we're... If you look out the window now, you'll see we're almost at the, um, outstar. Oi. I appreciate the help, but gravity changing during a fight sounds fucking mean. <laughs> well, well, okay, maybe if, if, if it comes to blows again, I'll make sure to you know, help you out like that. That would be really cool. That would be so fucking neat, Roxac. Thanks, dude. I, uh, I reckon we dealt with it pretty handedly, so I don't think it was necessary to get the, uh, Coraline involved. True, I was just pulling his leg. Very impressive, I must say. I've never seen anyone handle a creature quite like that. Thanks. Did a fair bit of fighting back in my day. Me. Oh, really? I'm not I'm not used to the fights, but uh, in, the, in more recent times, I've had to scuffle quite a bit. I'm good with Pan. <laughs> <laughs> like Tinkerbell and Peter of. Peter of Pan? That's not what his mm. name is. I should know I played him. Hello, Peter I'm Peter of Pan. Of Pan. Which is kind of how Rucksack talks. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, we're coming up to the Outstar. Um, can, can you see it out the window there? I'm going to get everyone yeah, to roll, roll roll your perceptions. Can you see this Outstar? 21. Oh, damn. 16. 19. Oh, yeah. You, you can all see this large, no longer flaming ball of gas. Instead, it seems like kind of a hardened shell almost like a marble you know like it's there it's large it's spherical but there's no light it it looks about the size of a house it seems to be you know rocky it seems to be solid it doesn't seem to be a brilliant ball of gas which is what you were under the assumption stars were are, are is it emitting light very faintly like it's just got like the dullest glow like a little bit of luminescence but not hmm. anything that would light the way for ships. I was under the impression that these were large, millions of miles in diameter balls of hydrogen and other gases, but it seems to be just like a wee little glass ball of light. I like it. I think it's neat. Science, huh? Yeah, Look. science. This world's kind of more magic than science, so... It- it reminds me of the old story. You know the one about the stars. Could you remind me real quick? Oh, we'll pretend I lost the dice rolling game this time and tell you a story, yes? Yes, please. Well, you see, the grand flatulence himself, Zephron Tibby, he was once a, a world-renowned astronomer and scholar of the finity, you know, region and... He used to study the stars. He believed that all of them were flaming balls and that one day if they were to go out, then darkness would cover the entire land. Everybody would fall asleep forever and we would all freeze and die. Yeah, I remember studying his books. Yes, and he made large constellation maps showing how all the stars should look. And, well, unfortunately, of course, they... um. Well, the, the maps are a little out of date now, um, yeah. but 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 our ship is still using them, and 
It's trying to align the out stars with the in stars so that it can figure out whereabouts we are in sort of a ship navigational kind of way. But, um, of course, Mr. Tibby didn't account for the fact that the stars would start going out. And, well, y yes, he, he, he died a most gruesome death at the hands of, well, you know, Room the Siren and he, she, she, oh, well, <laughs> yes. Mm. Awful. I wonder if we can turn it back on. Th that would be the next uh, step that, that I'm one. hoping towards. Yes. And s screw it back on like light bulb? And in that exact Is moment, we, the ship seems to be pulling up right next to it. Can we climb on the star? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. We can definitely give it a go. He opens the ship's door. When we look at the star, do we see mm -hmm. any, like anyone? Or is it just like an empty sphere? Just an empty sphere. It just seems to be a big old okay. rock. Big old rock. But of course, you can only see the top side at the moment. You can't see the underneath. Hmm. I, um, the, the door's open? Yeah, door's open. I step foot. This is one small step for Mary. And one giant leap for, uh, everybody else. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Get you to roll survival. Uh, do we all do? Because I'm also... If you follow him and them out the door, then yeah, you roll survival. I got a 13. Nice. 10. Hmm. 3. Ooh. Yeah, um, yikes. Merry December, <laughs> you leap from the ship and you land. Like, kind of a superhero pose. Like, you, you're kneeling down, your hands on the surface. You, you land comfortably. Oh, yeah. With a 10. Chef, you, you jump, but you seem to, like, land in an almost crater. Like, you just kind of trip. Like, you you land unstably, you fall, you skin your knee a little, but you're mostly Ooh. okay. And then huh. Spriggs, with a 3, you jump, and you don't land on the planet. In fact, you fall straight into a large, open crater, and you fall straight into the core of the star. As that's happening... Do I have time to react to that? Uh, 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 yes. As in, I can use... Yeah, you jumped first, you, you can see him, yeah. I turn around and see him falling into this crater, and as a reaction, I cast Featherfall on him. Oh, very I love nice. the way, Troy, that you're deeming that survival is the way that we get out of the spaceship and not, like, athletics or acrobatics or anything like that. It's, no, no. It's a, every single th time it's a fight for survival. It's not about whether or not you can step out of the spaceship. It was whether you could survive the planet, the the star itself. It looks like I'm not going to. <laughs> well, well with, you'll take no falling damage. Yeah, you fall, and you are inside the star. What do I see? What do you see? Give us a roll. 23. Oh, yeah. You can see inside the star is a lot of complex wiring. All along the walls, there's like bits that are raised and out further than the others and there's lines connecting it all and you can see that there's a single broken connection i'll read it's, put it yeah it's like it nothing in. you've ever seen before you, you fix that wiring yeah i'll try my best to fix i mean it's just a broken connection i'll just plug it back together yeah yeah and where you are lights up everything inside of the hollow shell of the star is lit with like a luminescent lighting you can see everything's fine there's even a ladder that leads you back up the largest crater that you fell through and on the surface well things just got real hot 
Oh no. <laughs> and I'm gonna need a con save from the other two. Okay. Nine? Mmm. Um, nat 20. Oh yeah, nat 20. You, using your reflexes, you're able to feel that the ground underneath your feet starts to like sizzle. Like you can feel it shake and sizzle. So you've got enough time that if you want to, you could leap back to the ship, you could jump down into the crater, you could, you have time to react to what you're feeling. I, I feel the, the shake and sizzle underneath my feet, and, mm-hmm. and I look at Chef, and I say, um, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, and I jump into the ship. <laughs> <laughs> look, that's fair enough. It is, and Chef, you notice a little bit too late, as you turn... You're going to take some fire damage from that heat from the surface, and that is 1d8. That's okay. I'll cope. (laughs) Uh, I take 5 damage. Oof. I've taken a lot of damage today. I'm down to 30. Spriggs, from where you are, you seem to think, yeah, you've done your job. You've done what you need to do. Guess I'll climb up the ladder then. Yeah. You climb up, and all around you, yeah, the star is bursting back into life. There's light, there's heat, there's... It seems like fire. It seems like the solid surface seems to be gassing up and just, igniting. Just wondering, Troy, mm. that space that I was in with the wires, was that like mm. a small cubby or was there like way more to it? Uh, it seemed like it would have been about the size of a room, like a normal room. But there was no like hallways or anything like that? No, it seemed to be one stuff. singular room. Okay. I just want to say that from our perspective, um, <laughs> the star ate Sprig... <laughs> Sprigs and then turned on as if it was yeah. using his body as fuel. <laughs> Which is kind of horrifying, yeah. Mm. Sprigs, where you are on the like ladder, you're, you're not feeling the heat. You can see it all around you. You can see the ship, but you're not suffering. I keep climbing then, towards the ship. Yeah. There's not much else I can do. I can't fly or anything, so... No. This ship's pretty close. You could probably athletics yourself on there, Lucy and Tom. Yeah, I run and jump up. Yeah. Can I acrobatics instead of acrobatics? Yeah, you sure can. <laughs> uh, 15. Yeah. Dirty, uh, nat 20. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, you managed to leap and throw yourselves both onto the ship. You swing the door closed and through the porthole, you can see that this star has lit back up. And mm. on the ship's navigation system... Oh, l- l- looky right there. That little bulb, see? It was off a moment ago and it's now switched on. You've done it. You've turned a star back on and there's only a few thousand more to go. Oh, we <laughs> truly have been saddled with the right heroes for the job, haven't we? What did what did you do in there, uh, Spriggs? What happened? I, um, there was like this system of like, almost like roots, I guess. But like, not really. They were like all different colours and such and I just reconnected the ones that were disconnected and it and it all went back on. So what must be happening is someone must be going around and turning them all off. Unplugging mm. them. Odd. Do you, so the stars represent things, right? Yeah, pretty often. Does this one represent anything? This is part of the constellation of Pluvial. So the stars form the shape of a kraken. Oh yeah, I could have told you that. Now I'm going to get you all to roll an insight check. Well, I'm very good at this. Ten. Mm. I also rolled a ten. Eighteen. <laughs> it's my good thing. And what was yours, Tom? I got a seventeen. Oh, very nice. And sorry, Charlie, your total was ten? Yes. Oh, yeah, you do not notice 
Mm. You just feel like that battle took it out of you. The whole thing with the star took it out of you. You feel... I'm now noticing how smooth my arms and legs are. Yeah. And you're feeling really tired. (laughs) And and you just kind of fall back into your seat. And a feeling of calm comes over you. And you pass out. Nope. I don't. Oh, you don't? I am am unable to be put to sleep magically. (laughs) Or physically. Oh, great. <laughs> but but you can go to sleep, right? You 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 you've gone. You you went to sleep oh, no. with Tara. Let me let me um let me pull up the thing. Aspect of the moon. You no longer need to sleep and can't be forced to sleep by any means. To gain the benefits of a long rest, you spend all eight hours doing light <laughs> activities such as reading your book of shadows and keeping watch. Oh, that's also true. Uh, I'm a tome warlock, so I keep around a little book. It's a diary of my sisters. Hmm. Very lovely. Sorry, Troy. <laughs> no, that's fine. You know what? Uh, get fucked? Yeah. <laughs> I think is what he meant. For the, for the purpose of this, you know what? I think you're going to fade into unconsciousness then. Okay, yeah. Just like a limbo fair. state. It's, it's not like a full sleep, it's just like a... Yeah. Now, as an undead, when I go unconscious, I can stand up and I just... <laughs> <laughs> as no, I don't have you. that yet. You notice that Ruxex adding acting a little peculiar... And he's got a large scarf covering his mouth and nose. And he's definitely not breathing. And filling the room is a very, very thin layer of pink smoke. But before you can do anything about it, you both feel it take over. And you slump back into your sleep. Into your seats. Asleep slash unconscious in the case of Charlie. Who's got his hand up. I also don't breathe. So if this was a thing that I breathe in... (laughs) <laughs> At this Dead. point, Troy, you just have to let him be awake. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Mary December sits there, not noticing anything at all. He doesn't notice that Ruxax's got his face covered. He doesn't notice the smoke, and he doesn't notice his companions, who both suddenly go under. He's just like, oh yeah, people have to do that sleep thing. I totally forgot about that. I guess it's now. Let me close my eyes and think about this. Spriggs and Chef Hands, you both wake up back in the Windrobe Woods in front of Terra. However, when you wake up, you feel significantly weaker. In fact, you feel like you're only a level 5 character. Oh. But not only that. I love being level 10. You don't feel like yourself at all. And Spriggs, you open your eyes and look across at yourself. Chef hands, you open your eyes and you look across at yourself. Body swap. Am I you? Oh yeah. Hi. That apron looks um, good on me. Some kind of weird dream. Oh no. I'm sorry I ruined your try. (laughs) And that's where we'll end the episode slash session. (laughs) I did almost fight a woman recently. Why? Oh (laughs) I'm I'm doing Should a drug trial. Should we start trial. the podcast with this story? Yeah. It's <laughs> okay, a fun cool. one. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Season Quest. Here's something we're not talking about. <laughs> I'm currently doing a drug trial. Um, My mom got and, really mad. Yeah. Um, Lucy's mom got really mad at me for um, risking my health, which um, I do anyway on a daily basis. Mm. And so it's like one of those like paid... kind of drug anyways. E- they like they're trying out a drug that's just like come back into generic uh and they're they're paying a bunch of us to try it out see if there's any unforeseen side effects or anything so 
I'm there for two days. I'm the nurse is putting the fucking the tap in me because they have to take blood from you like every couple hours. So they yeah. like stick a tap in you. I think it's called a cannoli. <laughs> That's the one. And she was like, "Are you squeamish at all?" And I was like, mm, "Because I this is not me answering, but like I literally do have a history of passing out quite a lot." <laughs> But I didn't want to say that because I thought I was over it by now. So I just said, mm. <laughs> And then <laughs> she was like, okay, don't look. And I didn't look. And then I did look. Oh, and no, then no. I was like, I'm feeling a little bit. Uh... And she's like, what? And then I was out. Oh, no. And... <laughs> Can I say that is the most Charlie thing on the fucking planet? To be like, okay, don't look. And he, went, and he goes, yep. <laughs> like, just immediately. Looking. I was, I was sure it's that. It's really crazy, Charlie. When when I got my COVID test, I was complaining about the fact that it made me sneeze, and you called me a pussy for that. You would not survive a fucking day in my life. When I was in high school, I had to get shots every day. You would be dead. No, I wouldn't. I would just pass out a lot, like I already had been doing in high school. Is it? Is not it even in... for needles, just randomly. I was gonna say, is it needles or is it like blood being taken? Because like. It was it was like blood being taken it's more just because like general it, life yeah and then sometimes it would just be random back in the day I got yeah, all these yeah. sort of heart tests I and mean, brain tests and shit we all remember the time that Charlie got up and um while we were playing and passed out and broke the microphone and <laughs> yeah it was all just yeah. because he fucking couldn't take it well that's when we started playing D and D with needles anyhow the last <laughs> last D&D feeling needles. I felt before I passed out with fear because I oh, forgot no. what it was what it felt like to pass out. So that was oh, what I was no. on default for. Oh no. I feel bad for making fun of you now. <laughs> so then I I wake up but like I wake up in full fear mode. Like my eyes are the widest that they've ever been. <laughs> and the nurse is like holding me by the arm, but I don't know who I am or where I am or what the fuck is going on. I look at her, and apparently, I didn't know this until afterwards, she told me. Like, I grabbed her arm and, like, held her steady. And, like, looking at her with, like, the craziest crazy man look. (laughs) And she was, like, saying something. Like, I couldn't understand her, because at that point, I couldn't understand English. I'm sure she was like, hey, are you okay? Uh, It's all right. You're all fine. And I just saw, like, (laughs) and my brain, in full fight-or-flight mode, chose fight. And my brain was like, headbutt her. Now. Oh my god. And I, I think that's why I was like holding her, because I was like holding her steady to headbutt her. <laughs> and I was like, I leaned back, and then I was like, I leaned back more into the bed and more. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm alright. Charlie. Hell. Jesus I just Christ, say, dude. <laughs> this is the opening to the, this is the opener to the session. <laughs> but. The fact is, you opened it with a with a non sequitur. You opened it. You opened it with a fucking a segue from from what you were talking about before by saying, "Actually, I almost fought a woman today." <laughs> people who are listening aren't going to know the context, and they're just going to be like, "Excuse me," and you're going to tell the story, and they're going to go, "Um, what the fuck are you saying?" It was, it was real nice of Charlie to use this one call from prison to join us here for season quest today. <laughs> it was uh, we'd really like nice. to send out deepest and sincerest apologies to the woman he headbutted. <laughs> I didn't have but her. I, the point of the story was I didn't. 
<laughs> I've, I've been in a similar position, Charlie. I understand. Yeah. Sometimes you're just in a state of you have no idea where you are or what's going on. Yeah. And, like, you're, you just have to, your body's, like, survive. And the only way we can is headbutt her. She said to me after, yeah. um, you, I thought you were going to punch me. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> you should have said, I thought I was going to, too. <laughs> <laughs> there was a... There was a st- there was a story that my friend told me when he was he was doing a hospital stay because he when he was younger he had this like really bad um, heart problem where he would have to like basically be in the hospital most of the year and oh, one time he passed out and similar to you he passed out and he woke up and when he woke up he didn't have a chance to hesitate he bit <laughs> the nurse on the arm as hard as he could because he was terrified. Oh. Can I say, it's just unfucking believable to me that we're only just finding out that I'm not the most squeamish person here. <laughs> like, that's unbelievable. It's, you want a weird, tattoo, like, Charlie? Is that needle idea, like, freaky to you? No, I think it's more the blood being taken out. Because, like, I can also, like, mm. feel it when it's <laughs> being idea, taken out. The idea of Charlie getting the tattoo, passing out, waking up, punching the tattoo was, <laughs> but then he just has a streak across his arm. <laughs> But also, like, I do I do fine with, like, gore and shit. It's just, like, it's only when it's, like, I guess when it's my blood being taken. Charlie goes in for, like, a, just a small tattoo, just like a little Avatar A. He passes out, wakes <laughs> up with a full sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <sighs> Troy. Yeah. Where so were we when we last left off? The video oh, game yeah, I've podcast. been playing is Piku Nihar. <laughs> <laughs> Just got a hundred percent. Pikachu's so awesome. It's Me and Cyan so played that together. It's so, so cute. I just got a hundred percent trophies, and I was like, mm, "Yes, I I enjoyed this a lot. It was very good." Uh, anyway, let's let's actually play some D and D. I suppose. Let's play D and D. So where we left off, Lucy and Tom, your characters had woken up back down in the Windrobe Woods, and you looked across at yourselves. Because you have been body swapped. And somewhere above you, way up in space, or in the cosmos, I suppose I should say, for like branding reasons, up there is Charlie's character, who's aboard a spaceship with Rucksack the Three Quarterling. I have decided that I've had a very stressful week, so I will not be doing Lucy's voice. I did not practice it at all. Can we get a snippet to know what we're missing out on? I'm Chef Hands! I. I uh, use a frying pan. <laughs> Chef hands is a lady, right? I never asked. Um, I almost never think about my character's genders. <laughs> um, I'll be a dude. I look up at myself and go, "Hey," um, and I sort of ball my fists up as if ready to fight myself. Spriggs, Chef, I'm so glad you could join me. I am in dire need of your help. And then she kind of notices that there's, like, a weird interaction going on between you. Um, so, Spriggs? Uh, oh. Chef, I suppose. Oh, I'm just no. kind of gesturing between us, and I, I look at Tara and be like, um... I, I see something seems to have gone wrong in your transportation. I, I tried to summon the three of you, and when I did so, I guess... Is Mary December here? N- no? I don't... I don't see him unless he's in someone else's body. She looks around at like some of the assembled frog toads and things, just checking if any of them look like they have some semblance of Guy. Charlie in them. 
<laughs> Hang on. Sorry. I've just woken up. But from what I recall, did you knock us out for this? I organised for Rucksack to uh, find a way for you to be able to communicate with me. And I figured that the waking world was not the way to do that. For in the dream world, you're able to travel a lot faster, a lot smoother. And as you can see, I've already brought you back to Finity and we're having this conversation. But just as quickly, I could get you back on your ship and awake only moments after you fell asleep. Well, next time, just ask us to go to bed. I go to sleep pretty easily, all right? Didn't need this fucking charade of knocking us out with gas. I'm a fucking... I like sleeping. At some point in Prior to this adventure, rant, I was consistently sleeping 18 hours a day, right? At some point <laughs> so, in the rant, I kind of, like, not push Spriggs back, but mm. I kind of give him the, like, shh, we're talking to a god. <laughs> yeah. And, of well, course, that must feel think... a bit weird for you because you're pushing your own body back. Like, it's, like, self-control, but not. Feels even weirder for me because my own body is uh, holding me back with its long <laughs> as fuck arms. I don't actually know what bugbears look like. Uh, Lucy, it looks like a tarantula, but with the face of a bear. I'm kidding. Bugbears <laughs> are like big, tall, furry goblins, and their arms are ten foot long. <laughs> this looks less like a bear than I thought. Also, their arms don't look that long. Well, within D and D rules, their reach is ten feet instead of five, so it's like. Well, let me look at D and D. Long. Do you not trust me? <laughs> no, but I'm, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I'm I'm pulling up images of Bugbear D and D, and they all have normalish looking arms, maybe a little bit long. They're so, Anyhow, they're sort of orangutan-y <laughs> In my head, I was thinking Mr. Tickle. In my head, <laughs> Mr. Tickle. Yeah, from the little Mr. Uh, the Mr. Man and Little Miss, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of him. All right, Tara. Yeah. Orange guy, uh, you long are arms, of little hat. Yeah. <laughs> Springs gently. Uh, <laughs> all right, Sorry. Tara. Um, I mean, even within this like whole fucking thing, that's clearly not the same me from when I was on the ship. I look a little younger. Is this some time shenanigans as well? You may not remember it, Spriggs, but you've been here before. And, well... I figured that it was easier to bring you back to a time when you'd been here in the past rather than in your future. I needed to make sure I could bring you back and have a conversation now so that when I return you to your present time, you will know these things and be able to continue with what you're doing, having already known them when I told it to you in the past. So I'm kind of dreaming a memory, almost. Exactly. I feel like you just used a really long-winded ex- like explanation of telling people things. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, that's just what telling people things is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still thinking about Mr. Tickle. Who, fu- who was the fucking genius that gave a guy such long arms? <laughs> I think it's ruined. really funny that long-winded explanation is a long-winded explanation for telling people things. So, Terra, milady. What 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 do you want us to do? Sorry, Lucy muted her microphone, laughed, and just mouthed the word fuck so yeah, clearly. Yeah, you got it in one, dude. <laughs> As you know, I have tasked you with turning back on the stars that have been going out. One down. Yep, got one of them. Incredible. Well, you see, there's more to it than just that. 
And Charlie, I'm going to ask you to take off your headphones. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> you must kill Mary December. <laughs> Can we talk shit about him for a little bit? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he stinks and he smells like poo and he's also dumb looking and I think he farts out of his mouth. Ooh, Charlie's gross. Why would he do he's that? He's also so squeamish. Yeah, he faints. So funny. Anyhow, <laughs> the podcast? You see, I not only tasked the two of you and Mary December with turning back on the stars, earlier I tasked you with putting them out. I sent the three of you into the cosmos almost a year ago to this very day and you began turning out the stars why this is a lot of fucking work (laughs) you see there have been rumors of other worlds of other planets outside affinity and across the infinity of space but we've not been able to see them Our, our smartest astronomers and astrologers haven't been able to foretell or place these planets So we figured that if we were to dim the lights, maybe we would be able to see the next planet. Because what our astrologers and astronomers can tell us is that the end of finity may be near. So the the goal is to find a new planet for us to all go to? That's right. But, But why would we put out the stars? What's that achieve for us? So they could hopefully see the other planets better. Yes, we're hoping that with the stars dimmed, we'll be able to see the light and the other planets more clearly. They, the, these stars seem to be blocking our magic and blocking our power to see past them and through the space. Why don't we just save Finity? Well, that's what I was going to say. That seems easier than turning off and then turning on the stars. It's just like a climate change thing where it's like corporations won't allow us to do the thing that will save our flat planet, or do we have to, like... Is it an evil guy? The issue with saving Finity is that Finity is 12 continents, and the 12 continents have never been in agreement about anything, whether that is elemental or magical balance, the stars, or even saving the planet. Trying to bring all of them together to save this world has been impossible. That's why I chose the three of you. You may wonder why, but I can't reveal that quite yet. Because we're all from the same continent, so we all get along. Exactly, but... Why would I not choose 12 people, one from each continent? There are many things that go on in the minds of gods that it's just (laughs) too hard to explain in a podcast. Because, like, we're three players in a game. Um, (laughs) We all play four people. Okay. And then we started to turn... you brought us here to tell us this information. Yes, because I had to wipe it from your memories the last time I told you. The last time you told us there was something happening, or the last time you told us that... We'd already gone up. When I told you that you must head up into space and start turning out the stars. And she smiles like a really, I guess it's a weird looking smile because she's a, you know, unicorn. But you can tell it is almost like a cheeky grin of I'm messing with you. Yeah, can I do an insight check here? Yeah, sure. I don't know if Lucy's proficient in that, so that'll be 10. Oh, I'm sorry. I have not selected that. Let me check for you. Insight? Yes, I am proficient. Okay, uh, so 13. Yeah, you can tell she's giving you a cheeky smile that she's not letting you in on everything that she knows, that she seems to truly believe that she has given you this information. Like, she seems to be telling the truth. I don't trust Tara anymore. (laughs) 
Uh, shall we cut in the clip from Summer where Tom says, I don't think I trust Tara. We should kill her. <laughs> Two questions. One, why does it matter if the stars are out? Why do we need to put them back on? Oh, I thought you were giving I'll a list. Second question right. I was going to ask a second question, <laughs> but I'll wait till afterwards so then I have an answer and then I can't. Then it's like a back and forth and it's like, or it's almost like we're interacting. Mm-hmm. Almost. Well, once I sent you up and you began turning off the stars, we made great progresses. We were able to see further through space than ever before. However, we were also being seen. The lights from our planet lit up and we received signals and signs that perhaps our planet was being observed or targeted even. Your second question? Why don't, instead of turning on the stars, why don't we just go find another planet? If, if you come across one on your journeys, that would be incredible. But I, I don't see how... No, nobody has managed to find one before. Why'd you wipe our memories? Like, we're already on your side, so why wipe our memories? Why not just let us know that we're doing this? Because, you know? Because information in the wrong hands can be deadly, and the right information in the right hands, and if those hands can't remember them, and she kind of indicates towards chef hands, and then at yourself, if you can't remember them, they can't be used against you. So, another third question. My third question. Um... When you called us to do a little talk, you said a couple nights ago there were like 10 more stars in the sky. Does that mean there's still people up there turning off the stars? And by people, I mean us? Correct. Thank you for listening. You can find us at Season Quest Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, because I'm recording this alone and the boys aren't judging me, you know what? Fucking subscribe to our podcast. Don't do enough shameless promotion. Here is my shameless... We don't do enough shameless... Fuck, I can't talk. We don't do... (laughs) Maybe I'll leave this all in. We don't do enough shameless promotion. Here is my shameless promotion. Subscribe to our podcast and we'll see you next week. I didn't mean to sound mean. I'm just yelling at you now. Anywho, bye.